It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Peter Dowd of theirishgardener.com joining us on this Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. A pretty showery Wednesday afternoon. Good afternoon, Trish. It how is, are you? It is indeed. I'm doing well. And how are you doing? I'm great. Good, thank God. I had the, I, I succumbed to COVID over the last couple of weeks. Unfortunately, not me sideways, but we're 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 back up and at it again. Yeah, as as we all did, myself, John Paul, we all it's just since had trickled through 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 everybody. Unfortunately, okay, let's get straight in. Now, this actually was an email that came in because obviously Peter wasn't with us for the last uh, two weeks, and I kept it on hold because because it's a really good email um, from Kathleen that says uh, Patricia, listening to your gardening tips on C103 and hoping that Peter can help me with a fennel plant that appeared in my small patio garden. It was about three years ago. By the way, I never planted it. I loved the surprise at first because of the novelty, the smell and the flowers which attracted lots of bees. So I just let it there doing its thing because I love nature. However, it's gotten too big and started lifting the slabs. I decided to lift the main plant. When I removed the slabs to pull out the plant, I came across its root system. I've pulled out most of the white carrot-like horizontal roots remain. Is there any way, non-poisonous please, to curb the growth of the, this besides digging up the whole patio? Do you know what the short answer is? There'll be no need, Trish. Um, the, the root system, as she's discovered, the root system of fennel can be quite vigorous uh, to the point of lifting paving like that. It's unusual to see it doing so much damage, but it can do. But uh, no, if you've if you've removed it the way she's described, removed the bulk of the plant and most of the root system, then the roots that are left, no, they shouldn't. They won't um, regenerate and and send up uh, cause any more trouble. So I wouldn't worry about it, provided what what. The, provided what's left isn't physically interfering anything uh, I think she's done enough to, 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 to eradicate the problem she should be fine OK Hi uh, Patricia could you please ask Peter is there any way to stop the snails from eating the potatoes under the ground before you dig them up You know that's a good, a good question and a difficult to so the the only solutions I can offer are kind of the normal, if you like, solutions for slope control. So barrier products are very, very good uh, because if you can stop the snails even getting over towards the potato and they're doing well, digging the soil over and leaving it exposed to nature before planting. So during the winter months, leaving it exposed. 
leaving them available to birds and things is is a great preventing it happening in the Okay, I think we're going to have to go the old-fashioned uh, phone line uh, way because Peter is just breaking up too much there. We're trying to use it on uh, WhatsApp. Sometimes it's perfect. Other times the connection can the connection can leave us down and it appears to be leaving us down there. So let's uh, let John Paul get Peter back on the line and we'll go back to the we'll go back to the old fashioned phone system. Sorry about that, Peter. Okay. Sorry, go, okay, that's okay. Go back and give the advice again on the potatoes. Yeah, so I was I was saying really that the, the best advice is to use barrier products. So you've to, first of all, in the first instance before you sow the seed potatoes during the winter months, uh, to turn that soil and leave any of the soil pests exposed to, to the elements if you like and exposed to birds that will help to kind of uh, you know reduce if not eliminate the numbers pre-planting but now that the potatoes are in the ground or probably in the ground use some of the barrier products such as there's a very good one uh, made from sheep's wool it's called slug gone um, and then the, you can you know you can make your own if, if you have access to sheep's wool or a farmer or anything like that pellets made from sheep's wool uh, makes an excellent barrier product because when it gets wet it, it kind of forms a mulch around the potato plant that slugs and snails can't traverse. So if you can stop them getting towards the plant in the first place, uh, you're going to be doing well because it's difficult to. It's a very difficult problem because it's happening under the ground, obviously. So it's difficult to see it until you harvest them. So the best you can do is try and keep the slugs and snails away. There are other barrier products, that, even homemade ones like eggshells and things like this, which are you know varying degrees of success. But uh, if you're using a slug killer. Do be careful. We've had this conversation many times, mm. Trish, but do be careful that you only use one containing ferric phosphate, uh, not metaldehyde. I'm glad to see metaldehyde pellets are becoming less and less available anyway. They're actually banned now in the UK, right. but not but not in Ireland. So ferric phosphate slug pellets are used something like a sheep's wool pellet to keep them away as a barrier. Okay. Hi, from Elizabeth. Is it possible to move a very mature wisteria? It's next to a wall. The wall has to be demolished, so therefore the wisteria can't stay there. It's like a tree trunk, thanking you. Do you know what? Well, I don't thank me yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a question of needs. Must really, isn't it? You've no choice. The wall is going. The wisteria has to go. Um, If you can wait, if you can, from the horticultural point of view, the best time to to attempt to move a mature wisteria like that will be during the winter months. I'm not sure how, how imminent the demolition of the wall is. So if you can wait, do till the winter months. If you can't, you can't, and you just have to take it out. But, I mean, I, I, you, you realistically, for something that's that mature, you'd be looking at, like, a mini digger or even a big digger to get it out. So that if if you have access to, if machines can get in there with with the demolition work, and if you can get it out with a mini digger too, uh, as I say, ideally it's done during the winter months, you're going to cut it back very, very hard. You're going to be cutting it back to the, that main tree trunk stem to give it every chance of survival move it straight into its new position wherever that's going to be, don't leave it out of the ground for any length of time uh, and pour water on it during this summer if, if you're doing it this summer. Um, and you really then, Trish, you just cross your fingers, fingers and hope crossed, for the best. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Noel in ovens, can I transplant a mature rose tree and is now the time to do it? Again, similar advice to the wisteria. You can, but anything that's mature, it comes with you know an inherent risk, and and the more mature it is, the bigger that risk is of of it not not uh, not uh, transferring successfully. Uh, and like, if you're wondering how come, you know, you'd see new landscaping projects where there's you know mature and semi-mature 
trees moved into site. They're not just growing somewhere for 50 years and then lifted with a JCB and, and put into site. These, all these mature plants that you would see used in landscaping, every year in a nursery that root system is undercut, even though they remain in the nursery. So it's just to, to make sure that the root system stays within one root ball. So that's how that's how it's done professionally. So uh, if, if the, with the mature rosebush, again, it's winter time that you want to do it. Now, a rosebush will have a kind of a long tap root system. Uh, get as much of it out as possible. Again, similar to the wisteria, you're going to be cutting it back very, very hard. You're only going to be leaving maybe about a foot over ground at most. Get as much of the root system out as possible. Again, don't leave it out of the ground for any length of time. Um, but I think if you try doing that during the summer months, you really are increasing your risk. I would do my best to wait till get in November, December, January to do that job. Okay, we've sent this picture on uh, to you on WhatsApp. Vera wants to know how does she get rid of binding weed? Okay, I didn't see the picture, but okay. bind weed is, is all the difficult ones are coming up today. It's not an easy one to deal with, unfortunately. Um, you try taking it out of the ground and it's like elastic. It, it just pulls in your hand and snaps and it leaves some of the root system in there and it comes again. Um, it's, but it, 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 that is the answer, believe it or not. It is just a question of staying on top of it. I, I don't think, and after dealing with bindweed for much of my 49 years, I don't think that you're ever going to eliminate it in truth. You're, but you can, with diligence and hard work, stay on top of it and keep it at bay. So it's a curse of a weed in that it, it, it strangles its host, if you like. It keeps growing up whatever a plant it's using for support. Now, it is herbaceous, meaning it dies back for the winter months. So as soon as you see it emerging at this time of the year, stay on top of it. Keep weakening it. So you can keep weakening it by pulling it out, or depending on where it's growing, if this is suitable, by mulching over it. So if you get some compostable uh, weed block fabric or even wet cardboard or newspaper and keep just smothering it, so put that compostable mulch on top of the, the bindweed where you see it coming up and throw some bark or wood chip or other organic matter on top. You know, starve it of light and starve it of oxygen and that will keep weakening it. But no, there's no there's no magic wand, I'm afraid, to, to actually simply eradicate it. Even the chemicals, which I'm not a fan of using, they, 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 you know, they, they don't really work on it. Okay, Sarah, by email, a question for Peter, please. Is perlite, which is expensive, worth the money when planting on from seed? I would say yes. So perlite's a, a volcanic rock and it, 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 it's, uh, you know, it, it's ground into tiny, like nearly grit in size for use in horticulture. Uh, and it makes a very lightweight additive to the compost or to the soil. Uh, you'd use it in place of grit or in place of vermiculite. And the reason you'd use it is to keep the pore space in that compost open so that there's good oxygen and moisture movement in the compost and soil. It will also help with the development of, of, of the, the little roots of those seedlings. So so the short answer to your question, yes, I, I would use it. Now, you don't need to use a lot. I'm not sure what price it is, but uh, you wouldn't need to use an awful lot of it uh, in a seed mix. You'd go maybe maybe 20-30% perlite to, to 60-70-80% compost. Well it is, it's, it's worth the extra bit of money. It uh, is, Mary yeah. wants to know when is the best time to set potatoes? Traditionally the, the, the first earlies, so these are your home guard and, and things like that, would be in by Patrick's Day um, and your main crops really can go in right throughout April and even a bit later. Uh, 
but I'm a believer like too with your with your your earlies if they're not in your you know there's no there's no hard and fast rule that say it has to be Patrick's Day. If you plant them during April, you'll still be fine. They'll still be fine. So it's, now is when you'd want to be planting them. All right, all of them. Someone has just said, is there, no, is there a name of this or isn't? Um, hi, uh, would you tell Peter, I just saw Swallows at the train station in Mill Street. Is it very early for them? It was lovely to see them though. I think it is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I would say April. Yeah, April. Yeah, it's usually May. It's usually, because usually we get we get the calls in to say spot of the Swallows, which means summer is here. So it certainly yeah, well, is. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hardly here, yes, but uh, yeah, yeah, it does, no. sound, a bit, does no. sound a bit early. Okay, uh, somebody else is looking for when's the best time to plant summer bulbs. Some Again, depending on what you're planting, Trish, but it's now. So, like, in the garden, you're always thinking a season ahead or maybe two seasons ahead. So your spring bulbs, like your daffodils and tulips, we'll be planting last autumn and winter. And it's now that we're planting for the summer and autumn. So you'll be planting things like gladiolas, dahlias, the summer flowering lilies, uh, begonias, all those kind of things will be planted now. So, you know, if you have indoor space, if you're lucky enough to have a little polytunnel or a glass house, you could be starting a lot of these indoors uh, from February onwards. But if you want to plant directly outside, it's really only now. It's April, end of March, April. Uh, and again, it's a bit like the advice I give with the daffodils in the autumn, Trish. Stagger the planting. So plant a few each week so that you're you're having a longer succession of colour at the other end as well. OK. Michelle has a steep, rocky incline that she wants to do something with, wants to brighten it up, obviously. What would you suggest planting on it? And is now a good time to be thinking about doing it? Now is a good time to be thinking of planting, yes. And without uh, being overly evasive in terms of answering it, I will give a few suggestions, but it's not as simple really as 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 um, just asking somebody what they planted because you need to take so much into account. So in other words, you need to look at the soil, the soil that it's, it's a steep and rocky, so it's obviously going to be very free draining. Is it very sunny or not? Is it shaded? Is it exposed to wind or not? These are things that you need to look at and also maybe the pH of the soil. Um, and also, you need to you need it to work with the rest of the garden. So, in terms of style and in terms of what else is in the garden, so there's a lot that you need to think about uh, before you actually get to the nitty gritty of the plant choice. Right? You need to think more in terms of the style and the textures and things that you want to do. Um, so, I would say that first, in the first instance, so maybe call to the local garden centre or whatever. Uh, and get advice there, maybe bring photographs and say, look, this is what's happening in the rest of the garden, this is the way I would like it to look, and how do I get to that? Um, but on saying that, I said I'd give you a few suggestions, so I will. In a steep, rocky uh, bank like that, you could try ground cover roses, which are a great plant to, to, to establish quite well and give lots and lots of colour, the flower carpet roses. You could also look at, at depending on the size and the scale of the area, You could, but you could also look at using little alpine plants which I adore, like Aubrichas and Campanulas, Saxifragias. These are all mouthfuls of names, Trish, but they're, they're very common plants that you'll know. You know those purpley ones yeah, you see in yeah. stone walls, like the Aubrichas and Campanulas. Um, Cape Daisy, which is also called Osteospermum, that's another one that will do well. But as I say, these are all, you know, the, the, you need a bit more information. You need to look at the garden as a whole and look at the conditions that they're going into. If it's very, very shaded, the ones I've just mentioned won't do. You know, so th- there is a bit more information that you need to look at. Okay, and it's choice and uh, colour. And we have had some some lovely weather, and people have been out and about in the garden. It's just a, it's a pity the way it's, it's turned, but it can be like tonight is meant to be quite cold as well. So we still have to keep that in mind, don't we, when we're when we're thinking about the gardens. 
You know, we do, and we had really lovely weather. It wasn't it last week. We had yeah. lovely blue sky days. Yeah. It was really gorgeous to be out in it. But yeah, it was still, it was like the, the, the windscreen frozen in the morning again. Yeah. So yeah, you do need to be careful, particularly we're talking about things like seed potatoes there now, and people are, are talking about potting on seedlings and things. These are the things that you just need to keep an eye out for if there is a frost coming in the, in the overnight, maybe throw some fleece over them or something like that. Okay, listen, have a good week, and uh, we'll chat to you next Wednesday. Look forward to it. Thanks, Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdle, the irishgardener.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.